This is an irreverent podcast. Check out irreverent.fm for shows from all our friends. Hello and welcome to Exvangelical. I'm your host, Blake Chastain. I apologize for my voice. As you may hear, I do have a little bit of a, uh, a nasal quality. I did um, get COVID near the end of 2022. And while I did ha- thankfully have a mild case, thankfully because of vaccines and boosters, um, I still have this lingering quality to my voice. Uh, I had an episode planned where we, where I was going to speak to someone um, who covers the radical far right uh, with regard to the Brazil insurrection. Uh, we did face a number of technical difficulties while we tried to record that episode, so that will be coming at a later date. Uh, in lieu of that discussion, I wanted to talk about a something I'm doing over at the Post-Evangelical Post. As listeners may know, uh, the Post-Evangelical Post is my newsletter and uh, broader publication, uh, which also publishes this podcast as well as Powers and Principalities. You can find that over at postevangelicalpost.com. Um, you've heard me mention before that the uh, that the support rate is four, six, or eight dollars. I've simplified all of that. It's only five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year to uh, directly support the show and get access to premium podcast feeds with no ads, as well as additional writing and other material over at postevangelicalpost.com. I, since I had this uh, t- technical fail, uh, I thought it might be an opportunity to include some of the things that I've been working on over at uh, the Post Evangelical Post. A couple of things that I do over there is on Mondays I do a uh, unscripted show where I just talk for around 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, about either the news of the day or something else that I'm thinking about that's published on Mondays. And then I also have two other series that I publish to regularly. One is called The Good Books, which is about books. And the other is called Shaped by Tools, which is about media and technology. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been writing about... I had a series uh, for The Good Books called uh, The Comfort of Fictional Religions. The first week of January, I wrote about the Monk and Robot series from Becky Chambers. It's uh, two books that are just utterly fascinating. And then this week, I wrote about the uh, Terra Ignata series by Ada Palmer. It's a speculative fiction series that has some very fascinating ideas around uh, the practice of religion, as well as a number of very complex world-building ideas. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I'm going to quote from my first uh, essay, the introduction to the comfort of fictional religions on uh, the monk and robot books. When your faith of origin is also the origin of a grievous wound, there's an odd solace to be found in knowingly made up things. Fiction, the old adage goes, is a lie that tells the truth. And there's a lot of truth to be found in fictional religions. I don't mean fictional religions in the sense of religious fiction you find at a Christian bookstore. And I don't mean the all of religions are fictions, bro, atheist take, hot take either. I mean religions invented by fiction authors for their characters to inhabit and practice. 
These religions and practices are invented, often by a single author, to express something. Sometimes, as in the case of Octavia Butler's Earthseed, they are invented in knowing juxtaposition to a, a religion of our world. Sometimes they are entirely fanciful, but they each offer something to their reader, an opportunity to explore something of lesser, quote-unquote, real consequence than the beliefs that burden us here. Each fictional religion provides a window into what religion and spirituality are for, which is first and foremost for the well-being of the practitioner. They should be, anyway. Religions don't merely offer worldviews. They offer comforts, large and small, the rituals we tuck our bodies into. Um, I'm going to include a voiceover that I recorded for the Substack uh, entry on the Sensayer piece, which is about the Ada Palmer book uh, that I mentioned just, just a moment ago. Um, you can also find my essay about... Um, about the Monk and Robot books and the God of Small Comforts uh, called Alale, also on the Post-Evangelical Post. Um, and in the coming weeks, I'll be writing about other uh, other things. However, I, given that I did have this technical fail, I thought I would include this just as a sample of some of the things that I am doing over at, um, the, over at postevangelicalpost.com. As you can tell, all of my ideas begin as puns, so that's why this show is extra-angelical, this is the post-evangelical post, all of these things begin as puns, but then <laughs> develop into something a little more involved. Um, so I would appreciate it if you uh, would give a listen to this, let me know your thoughts here online. Um, I'm less... Uh, present on Twitter than I used to be, uh, but I am still there at, at BR Chastain. I check in on notifications every once in a while. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at BR Chastain underscore, and of course over at postevangelicalpost.com. Again, you can subscribe for free or for $5 a month or $50 a year, and that will get you ad free podcast feeds, these types of features. Um, available to uh, available to subscribers uh, and I do donate 25% of net proceeds to the uh, two or two great organizations white homework and the religious exemption accountability project you can learn about all of that over at postevangelicalpost.com slash support you can also find links to buy merch uh, or buy some books uh, at bookshop.org I have an affiliate page there that gives me a little bit of the uh of the sale sale anytime i refer you to a great book so uh enjoy this reading uh from uh, the post evangelical post in the, the comfort of fictional religions series the comfort of fictional religions the sensayers of terra ignata cultivating personal spirituality outside community. Ada Palmer's Terra Ignata Tetralogy features one of the most complex cases of world building I've ever read. This is a compliment. One of my favorite aspects of the book is how it acknowledges a personal need for something approaching philosophy and theology, 
while remaining suspicious of communal aspects of religion. I originally learned of the series from a Wired profile of Palmer published last February, and just wrapped up reading the last book in the series in the past week. It has dominated my imagination for some time. The plot of the series, which takes place in the 2400s, is hard to summarize, but the world in which it takes place has several key features. First, the defining moments of the 22nd century were in the aftermath of the church wars, after fundamentalists went to war and religious houses, meetings, and proselytizing were banned globally. Second, simultaneously to the church wars, Autonomous, hypersonic, eco-friendly flying cars made differences of distance and geography moot. The whole globe could be reached in under two hours. Third, as people became less bound by geography, they formed hives instead of geographic nations. Humanists, people who are into human achievement. Masons, people who like order and hierarchy. Utopians, futurists. Gordians, Nerds of the highest order, cousins, caretakers, Mitsubishi Greenpeace, real estate barons, and Europeans who have a vestige of monarchy. Some geographic nations still exist, but this is how most people identify. They have their own laws, and it gets more complex from there. A similar, similar idea is explored in Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash and the Diamond Age. Fourth, the nuclear family is superseded by the concept of a Bosch, larger groups of people that live together in various couplings and configurations. And finally, in addition to banning organized religion, public discussion of gender is also banned. Everyone is referred to with they-them pronouns, although the primary point-of-view character eschews this tradition and uses gendered pronouns, but does so in order to offer commentary. At the opening of the first book, the earth has known peace and prosperity for almost 300 years. Suffice to say, both gender and religion are sleeping dragons that are awoken and cause all manner of trouble within the narrative. But, is the, but it is the sincere tradition that speaks to me and speaks to the very human desire, the human need for many of us to explore meaning. Palmer gives the term sensair a muddled etymology, which, as someone whose name can mean either black or white, I appreciate. Here is the short origin of the sensair tradition, as shared by their primary narrator, Mycroft Kanner. Quote, I wonder, reader, which folk etymology you believe. Is sensair a perversion of the non-existent Latin verb senseo? Of soothsayer, with sooth turned into sense? Of sense, the honorific Japan grants to teachers, doctors, and the wise? I have researched the question myself, but founder Mertice McKay left posterity no notes when she created the term. She had no time to, working in the rush of the 2140s as society's wrath swept through after the church war, banning religious houses, meetings, proselytizing, and in her eyes, threatening to abolish even the word God. The laws are real still, reader. Just as three unrelated women living in the same house was once, in some places, legally a brothel, three people in a room talking about religion was then, as now, a, quote, church meeting, 
and subject to harsh penalties, not in the laws of one or two hives, but even in the codes of Romanova. What terrible silence Mackay foresaw, a man afraid to ask his lover whether he too hoped for a hereafter, parents afraid to answer when their children asked, who made the world? With what desperation Mackay screamed to those with the power to stop it. Humanity cannot live without these questions. Let us create a new creature, not a preacher, but a teacher who hears a parishioner's questions and presents the answers of all the faiths and sects of history, Christians and pagans, Muslims and atheists, all equal. With this new creature as his guide, let each man pick through the fruits of all theologies and anti-theologies and make from them his own system to test, improve, and lean on all the years of his long life. If early opponents of the Christian Reformation feared that Protestants would invent as many Christianities as there were Christians, let this new creature help us create as many religions as there are human beings. So she cried. You will forgive her, reader, if in her fervor she did not pause to diagram the derivation of this new creature's name. It is this focus on the person, on the personal journey of understanding the inner and outer worlds and mapping them with various metaphors and measurements that is so very thoughtful and so very human. It does not prescribe a materialist perspective, and neither does it demand spiritualization. Instead, it invites people into an open-ended exploration of the ideas and traditions that have animated people before, and it does not shun new interpretations. Yes, questions of appropriation and all manners of other concerns remain, but what makes this so different than a dystopian version of speculative fiction is that it it is not authoritarian. There is no demand from Big Brother to decry God, and there is no demand to worship white Jesus either. I think some versions of this exist. Sensairs, as they are presented here, remind me of what I have heard of spiritual directors though they are often embedded within a particular tradition. Sensayers in the book also function somewhat like therapists. They are confidants, whom you entrust with your questions. I would like to think that I would be a sensayer in this world, and I try to bring this level of detachment to discussions involving belief. So long as a belief is not harming oneself or others, or justifying harm, there is so much to explore. The world of Terra Ignata is not perfect, but it is compelling. Many things would have to change to make a sensei-type tradition possible. Universal basic income and healthcare would divorce a person's physical needs from having to replicate their spiritual community with shared beliefs, first and foremost. But there is a kindness to this practice, a kindness I try to emulate.